Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Alan, I'm doing great. I am so excited about today's episode. It it, it stars my man crush, you know. It does. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to get into that for sure. What Mark's talking about, everybody, is today's episode is from Season 2, Episode 8, Ron and Tammy. <laughs> also known as episode 14. Mm -hmm. This episode was directed by Troy Miller and was written by Mike Scully. Mark, Mark, I I looked these guys up like I always do. And uh, Troy Miller, you know, uh, did directed seven Parks and Rec episodes. He directed three Office episodes, 18 Arrested Development, and kind of specializes in filming like stand-up comedy. So I thought Mm. that was kind of interesting because we'll talk about how this episode was shot and, you know, the use of some of the mechanical tropes we've talked about in the past. And um, they're noticeable here. I think they're very noticeable. And I I got that when I kind of started looking up Troy and how he's kind of an expert at the, you know, filming the whole stand-up thing. So that's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to get into that. Mike Scully, the writer of this episode, uh, is is famous. And I, I'm like, I know this name. Where is this coming from? And when I looked up his IMDb profile, Simpsons, I mean, uh, from back in yep. the day. Yeah. So when we talk about those connections, you know, Greg Daniels, Simpsons, Parks and Rec, there you go. Six That's degrees it. all over again. All over again. Yep. Today's episode originally aired on November 5th, 2009. And we've got a couple of guest stars. We've got Jack Carter as Gus, very brief, but funny. And uh, let's see. And then for the first time, Megan Mullally as Tammy Swanson. Yeah, otherwise known for those of us who know the series as Tammy 2. Tammy 2. Mm-hmm. What a beep. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, you want to talk about the cold open? Sir, I would love to talk about the cold open. All right. So at, uh, this, this clock's in at uh, about 59 seconds, and um, I, I believe this is one that they've kind of chosen to go the route of having the cold open be sort of plot relevant here. Yeah, that's um, true. The gang is at City Hall, uh, along with the, a, a gaggle of, uh, of other people, and they're saying goodbye to old Gus, who is the shoe sh- or was the shoeshine guy at City Hall, and he's now retiring. And Leslie is excited that she helped uh, Andy to be his successor, giving him a job and a way to consistently be around the gang from from a plot relevance standpoint. Um, Ron reads a speech for old Gus and everyone applauds. And then old Gus speaks and everybody thinks he's going to say something really, you know, wise and, and, <laughs> and charismatic. And instead, oh, yeah. he he tells he tells them all to go to hell. <laughs> Essentially, he doesn't like being called old Gus, and he they can just they and their shoes can all go to hell. Um, so everyone is uh, understandably very awkward, uh, very uncomfortable around this, and yeah. Andy is just cracking up like he is oblivious to the awkwardness. He thinks it's hilarious, and then cue the music. I love it. You know, I I thought it was funny in there. He said I. Uh, I always hated being called old Gus. I never understood it in my twenties and I sure hate it now. <laughs> how, how much of a curmudgeon do you have to be to get the nickname old Gus when you're in your twenties? I know, I know. And you know, something else I really liked about this scene, um, the, the very end of it. So he's giving the, the, you know, the prototypical, you know, grumpy old man speech, blah, 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 blah. And he ends it by saying, <laughs> he ends it by saying, 
screw Pawnee and screw your damn shoes. And then he goes, fair. Like, I, I can't even. And so now I'm trying to type my notes. and I'm like, how does that go? And like, yeah, like he just like all that. He hates everything. So I just thought it was really funny. Um, I, I have a copy of the uh, kind of a copy of the script of this one, not like I normally do, but um, they skipped that line here. I guess they didn't know how to spell fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on then. So, Mark, I know you probably prepared a couple, perhaps one, perhaps more synopsis synopsises for yeah. us. Yeah, Alan, but you, you should look. I know you're good at grammar, so you know what synopsis is. Um, yeah. And uh, what do we got here? Six plot points, six uh, interweaving storylines. I, I tended to narrow it down here. I, um, I did break it down into two, two. Okay. So I have, I have an A story and a B story. Um, The A story I uh, called the legend of Ron and Tammy. (laughs) Mark breaks bad news to Leslie that the Pawnee library placed a planning claim on lot 48, which is the former pit which Leslie obviously wants to turn into a park. So Leslie and the gang express utter hatred for the library and is a little confused at this. Uh, Ron is particularly angry to learn that his ex-wife, Tammy, who he insists is evil incarnate, is the new library deputy director. So Leslie, Tammy, Leslie confronts Tammy, but finds her a a friendly woman who instantly agrees to let Leslie have lot 48 as a professional courtesy. Uh, Leslie's pretty impressed and she actually brings Tammy to the bullpen so that she can talk to Ron and work out their differences. Well, Mm. Tammy, (laughs) Tammy and an (laughs) agitated Ron go off to have coffee. Donna insisting Leslie has made a huge mistake because according to her, they are crazy when together. (laughs) <laughs> so during coffee, Ron and Tammy first argue very loudly and then they start publicly making out and then they finally rush off to a motel. And it's, I'm just going to talk more about this later. Uh, <laughs> the stuff happens a lot. Stuff um, happens. Next morning, a cheery and singing Ron tells an uncomfortable Leslie of uh, all of his uh, sexual exploits there with Tammy. Um, although pleased with the results of her meddling. Uh, mm. At least initially, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, initially, Leslie soon realizes Tammy is using sex to get Ron to give her lot 48. So Leslie confronts Tammy, who admits to the plot, brags how this is how they operate. Leslie tries to get Ron to break up with Tammy, but he insists he can't do it, that Leslie's got to help her. They go to the library together for the breakup. Tammy starts to flirt and Ron starts to cave. Leslie tells Ron to do whatever is going to make him happy, even if it means giving up the lot. Moved by that, that Leslie would put her own needs in front of his, mm. he decides to break up with Tammy right there and then by himself, and, and he gave the lot back to Leslie. Um, Post Leslie, Ron joins Leslie outside, running with <laughs> the pushpin <laughs> in his forehead and part of his mustache missing. I don't know what the hell happened in there, but they flee and then back at City Hall, uh, they they have the the awesome uh, clink and drink ending. Yep. And that's the A story for the most part. All right. Um, I like it. The B story, I actually found this a little challenging because there's like, there's two small-ish aspects to this and I kind of combined them. So you you see how I did. Okay. So I called this, the B story is Andy's shoeshine stand slash Andy (laughs) still loves Anne. 
Okay, I see your conundrum. Okay, it, 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 they're kind of sort of together, but not really. It's, so anyway, I'm I'm you know what I'm in control. That's what I'm saying. It is. So <laughs> as we heard at the cold open, Andy takes over his shoe shiner for City Hall, replacing old Gus. Um, Ann and Mark run into Andy uh, in the hallway, and Andy's openly flirting with Ann in front of Mark, and he's admitting his plans to win her back from him. Uh, Mark asks Tom for advice, who suggests Mark take the high road, uh, which Mark thinks is a good idea. Mark tries to calmly discuss things with Andy, who continues to insist he loves Anne, pointing to all the photos he has all around her, uh, of her around the shoeshine stand. And finally, an angry Anne confronts Andy, tells him to stop discussing her with Mark and to remove all of her photos from the wall. That's that's kind of the end of that storyline. But I thought there was enough there that it kind of deserved its own section, you know? Well, I think you did a good job with that, Mark. I, I can see the the challenge with trying to determine whether or not those are two totally separate storylines. I think the fact that Andy is now, you know, at Pioneer Hall, at the Shoeshine booth as often as he is, and it's going to be, presents him an opportunity to, you know, have this confrontation with Mark now around Anne. So, you know, it's almost like the shine thing is kind of secondary, frankly. It's it's how it all comes about, right? It's his excuse to really to to be at the Parks and Rec office, frankly. Yeah, you know what? That's probably a good point. That that's interesting and plot worthy, but ultimately incidental to this that storyline. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. I do have one question for you. I I had heard this and then you brought it up yet again that He's the shoeshine guy at Pioneer Hall. Now, I will admit to you, when I heard that, I thought, I don't know what what that is. Like, I've, yeah. I've heard them talk about City Hall. Right. But <clears throat> is, is that the one in the same, same thing? We, yeah. Okay. Well, and we'll get into this here shortly when we start talking about some of the scenes we're going to be bouncing between here uh, with the Tammy character. But I, I think it's it's like a little government complex um, obviously, this is really filmed in California, you know, right. not in uh, the uh, uh, fictional Pawnee, Indiana, which doesn't exist. So that makes that difficult. Uh-huh. See how that works? Yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. I so by summer um, home, too. <laughs> well, you don't have to. What's um, cheap? <laughs> but yeah, because you're in the middle of a cornfield and that farmer is eventually going to find you. Well, even better, I'm in the middle of an imaginary cornfield. They'll never find me. Go ahead, sorry. Find you. That's <laughs> terrific. Um, but but I think it's a small complex of buildings, Pioneer Hall being the, quote, main city hall. And then here, I think we're going to introduce kind of an auxiliary building, if you will. Oh, so, I see. I bet you're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, nice job on the, uh, the synopsis, Mark. Appreciate that. We'll move into our AKA segment. As everyone knows, you know, we, we again, w- not to be outdone by NBC, we're never satisfied with the titling that they give these episodes. And nope. we, we just, we write our own, right? Yep. What are you, you going to do? Yep. So Mark, um, how about if I go first this week? You know, Alan, even better. Why don't you go first? You know why I do this, right? Because then that way, if if we double up on this and we choose the same one, you clearly copied me, not vice versa. Oh, I, oh I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware you're you're like a diabolical Lex Luthor genius over here. I had Constantine fax me your your notes. <laughs> that little onion eater. Yeah. <laughs> At first, you couldn't get the fax machine to work, but you know something about a landline. I don't know. Uh, All right. So this week, 
I, I had really, I wrote down three. I'm only going to talk about two of them. So my, my second choice, I know, right? I, I cut back this week. I think I, what, normally I have seven or eight? I'm stunned. I was, I was all prepared. I was prepared to just go to war. And now you, you know, you come with a little BB gun, like what's going on here? Okay, go ahead. All right, fine. You know what? I'm going to do all three then. So, (laughs) (laughs) the the, the third one, the, I guess the least funny or my least favorite just still makes me chuckle. And it's so short. Leslie walks in at one point. Right after she says she's going to be keep everybody calm, and she just immediately goes, "Newsflash, we're screwed." <laughs> and every time, it just—I want it on a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, right. that's a good one. Yeah. All right. So number two is actually from Tom. Um, <laughs> he's giving some advice, uh, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into here in a minute. And he has this little talking head right afterwards, and he says. I've never taken the high road, but I tell other people to, because then there's more room for me on the low road. <laughs> uh, I love that Tomism. That's a good one, too. And he does a little driving thing. Yep. Cracks me up. All right. Then, really, my the one I'm submitting for the judges. So what's number one? <laughs> Here it is. They're like a biker gang, but instead of shotguns and crystal meth, they use political savvy and shushing. <laughs> which again, they're talking about the librarians here. Which again, right. this whole idea that the, the library and librarians are evil just yeah, it cracks me up. Well, Alan, those are three very good AKAs. I got to tell you, and I know I keep saying, okay, but you did week. better, so let's hear it. Well, I, I, I really did. Alan, Alan <laughs> can't hear me when I say this to you guys, the people at home. I'm sure. Um, so I, I actually I was so excited about this episode. I, I don't know if that I had like more coffee than I usually do, or I just, my, my boy Ron is just, you know, the man crush I have on him. But I was so <laughs> excited about this, Alan. I, for the first time ever, I have as many AKAs as you do. I have three. Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. that's right. I said it. No intersections. So, you know, sooner or later, we're going to have an intersection. When we do <laughs> worlds will collide, but you know what? I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was trembling a little bit, but no, we did not have yeah. any intersections. And, and I think that's so just between a, us, we got six AKAs and no overlap. And that's a sign of just how good this episode is. I think, by the way, I, but, I was <clears> going to say the same thing. We got here are, here are, here are my AKAs, <laughs> which I keep on reading. I lick his, keep laughing. The first is um, from Ron. <laughs> Very, sorry. Very simply says. <laughs> Constantine, they read these for you. This is now he's no good at that. Um, he's eating an onion. Um, when when Leslie uh, tells Ron how it went when she first visited Tammy, yeah. he says, "What's it like to stare into the eye of Satan's butthole?" Which <laughs> which makes no damn sense, but is so freaking funny. It doesn't. Oh, I it's love funny. it. So that's number one. Number two is um, all right when when Leslie is completely aghast that Ron is attempting to defend libraries during one of their interactions, and Leslie just point blank says, ah. "I can't even believe what I'm hearing." Some people like libraries, which I, I, the reason I found that AKA so funny is I they go and we'll talk about this more later, but they go into such. A, a, a rivalry between them and the library like they are truly a source of evil and then normal in air quotes normal people like Anne end up going what 
Um, so my, my last AKA is, um, again, from Ron, he's, this is when he's, he's describing his sex life with Tammy to Leslie. And he simply tops it off by saying, it's like doing peyote and sneezing slowly for six hours. (laughs) I remember that one too. And all three of these are my children, and I don't know which I love the best, but I think I'd have to choose Satan's butthole if I if I had yeah. to choose an AKA. So anyway, there they are. I, I particularly like the last one you gave, though, because of the effect it had on Leslie. She just she's trying to like leave her own body to not have to hear about Ron talking about him and T- Tammy having sex at that point. So absolutely funny stuff. Well, you know, here here at the uh, at Alan's household, the uh, uh, this is a favorite episode of ours. This and Ron and Tammy Part Two, which comes in a couple of seasons, um, and it, it always has been, but in particular in the last two or three years, uh, you know, my wife works at a library. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust her. I no it's hard. It made this episode makes me question. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, moving on, we uh, I know we talk sometimes about our fun facts and some firsts and some tropes. But before we get into firsts and tropes, I did have at least one fun fact for this week. Yeah. Um, and I kind of already gave it away. But Mike Scully, who wrote this episode, was an executive producer on The Simpsons, as we talked about. Apparently, he went through a really tough divorce of his own. And so Mike Schur speculated a little bit that uh, some of what happens here with this relationship between Ron and Tammy might might be inspired by uh, that tough divorce. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Sorry for Mike, but, you know, either way, it's funny. Absolutely. Funny for us. Yes, absolutely. Mark, would you capture, capture in terms of first and or tropes that you want to talk about? Well, so first... I wrote down a few that may not be first now that I look at it. So one is I had, and the only reason I say that is because like old Gus, for example. Yeah. I think maybe he was a one and done. I, I put him down, but I don't yeah. remember him coming back. He doesn't. No, I, I think we have tended to not count one and dones as part of the, the uh, first canon, right. if you will. Right. Since right. you're, you know, such a canon expert. I um, know. <laughs> I knew that was going to bite me in the butt again. So fair <laughs> enough. Um, so I will say Andy taking over the shoeshine stand. I yep. think that's fair because he's yep. he's there for a while. Yep. Um, we see the first, we already tipped our hand to this, but you know, the first appearance of uh, of Megan Mullally as Tammy Swanson, AKA Tammy too. Yep. Um, Nick Offerman's real life wife. Um, I, I, you know, I originally wrote down the first time we see the library. And then I realized that, that as you and I had talked off air, this is not, the library it's, yeah. it's an administrative building that houses Pawnee library services which is where tammy's office happens to be and that's not right. quite as fun the, the, the portal to hell and or tammy's office correct <laughs> and the the last first i could think of was um ron's new office picture which i believe ah. stays on his office wall through the i think yeah. I think the rest All of the, the series, which yeah. he basically switches out the picture of the dark haired, pretty waitress with breakfast food to yeah. just breakfast food. I love that. He did admit there though, that that was actually what came in inside the poster. It was the stock photo that was part of the poster. 
and he just liked it. So he left it there. <laughs> that, well, you know what? I'm not convinced that's not why he brought he bought the frame. Uh, you know what? You may be on something. I didn't yeah. think of it that way because he does like uh, pretty brunettes and breakfast food. That's, that's right. Um, I had those as well. Those are all good catches. The only one I had technically in addition to that, I suppose, and we kind of mentioned it. It's really the first time we learn about this adversarial relationship between the Parks Department and the librarians. Um, oh, crazy, catch. crazy. It's yep. so fun. It's one of those weird, you know, uh, factoids about parks and rec that just uh, is entertaining and totally silly but um, makes that show unique yeah i, I kind of alluded to this earlier that um it, it's it, like you said it's hilarious that the parks department and the the library have this rivalry and it's oh, yeah. it's it's every time we hear about it everybody that works at the parks department just takes it as canon oh yeah uh-huh you know how i feel about that mm -hmm. that <laughs> that it's just a fact the library is evil they're awful we're great and they are our enemy and that's the way that the universe was created from the beginning and then normal people like Anne. and you know what i think to some degree mark because he's not technically a parks and rec employee i don't think that's a good point no he works for the city planners department and 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 while he doesn't like bring it up and say i don't get it kind of like ann does because obviously this is ann's first time i'm sure mark has heard this before but i but he's not playing along like he, he isn't like yeah i hate those librarians too so um it's interesting yeah it, it definitely seems like between the parks department and the library um of which you know mark's just really kind of in a you know a uh, a colleague more than a member, right? That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 Although Tammy's technically a city colleague too, but you know, evil. <laughs> Pure evil. Satan's had, butthole evil. <laughs> I, I had uh, not a whole lot of tropes. Me um, either. I actually, I wrote down zero, which I I'm have, sure is wrong. Tell me how I'm wrong. <laughs> like in the normal way or for now? Okay. Just in the additional way, please. Okay. We don't have that kind of time on this podcast. No, that might take hours. Um, so I, I have two, but one is a deleted scene. So, you know, it's not canon. Um, <sighs> so, you know how we, we came up with these acronyms, Alan, for yeah. P PBJ, Punching sure. Bag Jerry. Yeah. And I, I, I said- Pam Beasley oh, and Jim. I'm sorry, wrong show, but yeah. Wow. Stop it. Stop it. Um, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> and- Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> um, and the other one is OMG for what I call the Tom open mouth grin. There it is. Yeah. And it seems like we, those occur so often. I just have them written down and then it's almost like, well, where do they occur? <laughs> I, I didn't true. see the OMG, the open mouth grin in this episode. Um, I also didn't see some like overprepared Leslie and I looked for it and I couldn't find it. The only two that I saw, one was in a deleted scene that's punching bag Jerry. Um, so it, it, it was just like where Leslie's really mad about the news that Mark just told her. And she's yeah. like, you know, we could There's sit here all that. Yeah. We could sit here all day and talk about how stupid the library is. We could do something about it. And so they like symbolically, she reaches down and grabs a book by Jerry and rips the cover off of it. And Jerry's like, yeah. that wasn't the library book. That was my book. So that's I, right. It's kind of PBJ. Nope. That um, qualifies for sure. But I think you're right. I think this this episode is very invested in creating what are going to be future tropes more than it is perpetuating some of the existing ones, for sure. I think you're right. The only other thing I could think of is, and they don't do this all the time, but this was something that they kind of introduced very, very early in the series, in the, in the first season, is the, the ending where you 
clink and drink. And they, they used to do that eh, with some regularity with like beer point. bottles or whatever. Yeah. And that's how they ended this episode. Yeah, that's a good point. That that happened a number of times in season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, good point. Good to see that back because, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a good way to, to bond after a horrible, horrible brush with the devil. Absolutely. Well said. Yep. All right, Mark, on deleted scenes, I clocked that we, and again, counting these was super difficult because there's a number of them here where they are those jump cut montages of just one crazy Ron, Tammy thing after another, or right. Ron reactions to Tammy. But roughly I clocked 20 at about eight minutes and 37 seconds worth. If you've got the DVDs, check them out. Many of them are very funny. Um, clearly with so many, there's no way they're getting into, you know, 21 minutes and 30 seconds worth of airtime. And, uh, you know, they didn't do the bonus episode here. So a right. lot of these, you know, that hit the floor, so to speak. Well, well said, Alan. And there's one that I did want to at least talk about a little bit. Um, what, you don't want to talk about all 20 in detail? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because I actually, I tried to count them as well. And it was really hard. I, it was. I counted 10. And I think it's because I ended up combining a whole bunch that yeah. were like around the same location and it just seemed like it just went on and on and on. And so, yeah. but you're right. They may be separate ones, but these were also messy too, because in particular, and this is not the first time that this has happened, but it's definitely more noticeable this time to me, at least they're not in order of when they would have occurred chronologically. And so you, you find yourself like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like we're going backwards now here at number 17 where number one happened closer to the end of the episode or whatever. So, you know, I've always talked about the, uh, you know, the, the restoration issue I'd like to do on these, you know, when I get some free time, which would be never, and uh, you know, kind of rebuild the episode with all the deleted scenes. This would be a challenge. It really would. I noticed that too, that they, they really seem to kind of go back and forth. Um, it must not index. But well. What stood out to you though? Well, so, and I won't go into all the detail, but, you know, at a certain point, as we know from the synopsises, uh, Ron and Tammy go to a little restaurant diner there and, you know, things go awry yep. very quickly. And so for, you know, at the, the first part of it is just them fighting really obnoxiously and loudly. And one of yes. the, what, what I called one deleted scene, it was probably several, but one deleted scene was kind of like an extended a version of them fighting and there were a bunch yeah. of hilarious you know things that they they added to that and the, the one that just made it so it's funny to see ron so angry because he doesn't emote he's just very silent very stoic and so to see him just like <laughs> yeah it's just so it's so funny to me and megan malelli is perfect just to egg him on so the, so the, the part of it that really stands out to me is they're in a diner and and they're they're at a little bench, little booth there, facing each other. And at one point, right. then they're just screaming at each other. And at one point, Tammy goes, "Oh yeah, I wrote a little poem about you. You want to hear it?" And Ron's like, "Don't write me any <laughs> poems." So now they're just like third graders. It, like, do you want to hear it? <laughs> Ron Swanson is a big ass wipe and and ron pounds his fist <laughs> on the table he's so angry and what he says is uh, that doesn't even rhyme <laughs> he's so upset <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then tammy says yeah you know why because it's about you like that's why it doesn't rhyme <laughs> 
It just makes me laugh. That that makes about as much sense as the poem in the first place. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. That's great. How about you? Did any deleted scenes stand out to you? Not again. There was a lot of those scenes that were just really funny. And, you know, I, as I rewatched the episode, uh, you know, a, a third time or so um, watching what stayed in the cut, I actually kind of wish that some of those had been included because I felt like maybe those argument scenes were, and we'll talk about what happens. It escalates into something totally different, <laughs> but the, right, that argument right. happens so quick and what aired, um, I think one or two more of those pieces in there would have just given it a little more meat and made it make a little a more little sense. time to fester. And yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah. Time to set in. And I probably would have, could have given up something else from the episode to get that. But no, I think there's, there's a bunch of other stuff in here. Um, some in the, the B storyline with Ann, uh, with Andy talking to Mark about his salary and weird stuff like that. And where he's really just trying to, you know, not secretly in any way, but position himself to, you know, outdo Mark. Um, cause he feels like Mark is now the new gold standard of what Ann wants in a, you know, a, a respectable man. Cause obviously Andy wasn't that <laughs> being the man child that he's been up until this point, but, um, right. No, I, I thought they were, you know, I recommend everybody go take a look at them and, and who knows, maybe we'll we'll mention one or two of them as we actually break down the episode. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, Mark, I think that takes us to our first commercial break. So why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come right back. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. If you are like me, you occasionally are a victim of poor judgment in a moment of weakness. I call them Tammy Slides. During such incidents, I have had the occasion to visit Pawnee's fourth best overnight or hourly lodging location, the Motel Glen Capri. Located near the train tracks on Indiana Boulevard and a very short drive from Frank's Restaurant, another favorite of mine, the Motel Glen Capri has something to offer nearly everyone, regardless of your lodging needs. Some of their available room packages include Ice Ice Baby, a one-hit wonder room rental with winter-themed motif for hourly and single-night stays, Living La Vida Loca, a Spanish conquistador-themed room rental for the entire weekend, Baby Got Back Bacon, a Canadian-themed room rental complete with a case of two fours, only available on Boxing Day. And finally, My Heart Will Go On, a Titanic-themed room that is, quite frankly, overstated and will never live up to its own hype. Tell them Ron sent you, and receive the manager's special allowing you to keep a room on retainer for an indefinite period of time, handy for those moments when it's already too late to make a better decision. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, welcome back. All right, well, Mark, you ready to break down this episode? I am completely ready, sir. All right. Well, I have a starting off after the cold open. The parks team is gathered in the conference room, and Leslie is shifting their focus from pit beautification to lot beautification when Mark comes in and, and asks to speak to Leslie privately. That's right. Uh, it, Mark kind of asks to talk to her outside, and, and at which point he, he warns her about the library's intent to take control of lot 48. Um, 
Leslie and Mark end up returning to the meeting where Leslie gives everyone the news. She's not very tactful about it. And <laughs> everyone's outraged. Um, Anne is confused as she likes libraries, but she's not going to tell them that. So she keeps her mouth shut and just kind of supports them uh, since everybody in the parks department clearly hates the library. Um, not Mark so much. I do notice him giving her some sympathetic looks like I get it. They're crazy, you know. Um, so they're discussing who they can talk to there, like who what would be the point of contact if they need to get something done. And it's mentioned by Mark that Ron's ex-wife, Tammy, is the new deputy director. And mm. Leslie is uncertain if this is good news or bad news. Yeah, I think Leslie thinks it might be good news because she doesn't, as we'll find out here, fully understand the context that everyone else does seem to understand. Yes, it does seem like as we will go into this episode, she's kind of the Johnny come lately to the Ron yeah. and Tammy uh, duo of evil. Yeah, no, good point. So I, I think they've had this aside and Leslie, I mentioned this in, in uh, the opening, you know, Leslie has kind of agreed with Mark that, you know, we're going to keep everybody calm. We're going to talk through the plan. She immediately walks to the room and says, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's not great at keeping her cool. No, she's really not. Okay, well, I think it's at this point then, Mark, that Ron and Leslie um, meet up and R Leslie goes into Ron's office and she wants to talk to him about how Tammy wants to steal lot 48 and she's looking for some sort of dirt, some sort of ammunition because she figures if anybody's got it, Ron does. Right, right. This is just a short little scene. It, it uh, She just basically says, yeah, uh, it's your ex-wife working there and he's clearly unpleased at that <laughs> and um, asks for advice. Ron has none to give. Like, you know, what's her weakness? She has no weakness. She is a machine. <laughs> um, he, he, uh, he, I do love the, the little talking head that Ron has uh, at the end of this scene where he, he kind of muses to the camera. He'd like to, uh, with his dying breath, he'd like his ex-wives <laughs> yeah. to come closer so he could tell them to go to hell one last time. Yeah. But dot, dot, dot. Sure. He'd get married again. Cause you know, if you don't believe in love, what's the point of living? <laughs> <laughs> I love the juxtaposition of that. Yeah, I also thought about him sitting there in his deathbed and started thinking about the Dresden files and wondering, you know, if, if he had a death curse, would he use it on both Tammy's? Would he wait till they were both collected together? Oh, man, that's Sophie's choice or Tammy's choice, I guess. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, Leslie, I think at this point, she's we cut out to the, her crossing the street. This is the first time we see this kind of auxiliary building. And we were mentioning there in the beginning that there's kind of this campus of, of, of buildings here with City Hall, with Pioneer Hall. And what we learn is the Administrative Services Building. And Leslie's crossing the street and uh, <laughs> she has this, right before she goes in, she has this great little talking head where she talks about, you know, just in case things go badly, she's got some jewelry on that will be good in a fight. And this one specific ring will tear you up. That she, yeah, she says she brought her sharpest rings in case, quote, something bad goes down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Leslie enters the, as you put it, the administrative Did, Mark, office. does that fit overprepared Leslie? I think it might. You know what? Judges, I'll give you, you that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> I, Because I, 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 I'm questioning now, based on what she thought was going to happen, if she was really being overprepared or just being sensible yeah fair enough i don't know yeah. but a good point i hadn't even thought of that <laughs> you don't bring a knife to a gunfight so she <laughs> so she enters tammy's office and at first seems like tammy's being a little bit of a beep 
yeah. chastising her about, you know, she has $3 in late $3. fees and Leslie takes out some coins and angrily throws them on her desk. Like, Oh, you would pull this. Like she's already just like all mad and she prepares to storm out. And then Tammy laughs and says, Leslie, Leslie, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sit down. You know, <laughs> I, I took care of it. You know, this isn't, I'm, I'm just kidding. You know, we, we're government gals, right? We have to have each other's backs. And now Leslie is very uncertain because Tammy seems kind of nice and she's pretty certain this is a yeah. trap, but she didn't know how. That's right. She's not, she wasn't expecting Tammy to turn out to be, you know, to have a human head. Exactly. As we well like said, say. as we like to say. <laughs> well, I think from here, you know, we're going to jump back and forth between Pioneer Hall and this, this meeting at uh, Tammy's office. We see Andy, he's at the shoe shine and it's his first day on the new job. And uh, it, it looks like he might be struggling to attract some new customers. Yeah, he's trying to drum up business and people are walking by and he's he's desperately trying to get him to stop promising he won't look up lady skirts, that sort of thing. You know, <laughs> you know how it goes, Alan. Um, sure, of course. And um, Ann and Mark start uh, happen to be walking down the hall and they see him like, oh, Andy, hi. And they're making small talk and um, Andy offers to shine Mark's shoes because, you know, he's a friend <laughs> of, uh, of Ann's and. <laughs> said, oh well, I'm a little bit more than that. I'm like, well, hopefully not for long. And it's like long. under his breath. Like, Come on, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and then Anne, I think this just ends with the, the Anne's talking head, where she says, like, I'm at least pleased to see as a job, oh. you know, because because before w- when they were dating, I guess all <laughs> he did was send in audition tapes to Survivor or <laughs> Deal or No Deal. I can't and, stop laughing because I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> and and there, there, there's a brief video of apparently one of the videos that Andy sent in and it's Andy <laughs> uh, shirtless. Yep. And he says, uh, he says, hi, I'm Andy Dwyer. And I, I need to be on deal or no deal pulls the head off a fish. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. He basically fillets the fish by hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've never seen Deal or No Deal, or at least I, I don't remember. Was that the one with Regis? You know what? I, I don't recall. My but gosh, I do I, remember that there is a bonus round that involved fish heads. So maybe he <laughs> well, was for Deal or No Deal. He, he's all ready for it then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. From here, we bounce back. We're back in the administrative services. And you know, Leslie and Tammy are talking about the future of Plot 48 and you know how it might become this like beautiful setting. Right, right. And this is a very short scene where, you know, we we see that their conversation has continued to be very pleasant. So now Leslie is relaxed. They both have coffee. They're just talking in very smooth, calm tones. They're smiling at each other. And Tammy basically says, Leslie, I love your vision. Look, I'm going to withdraw my request. You were there first, you know, as as a professional courtesy for you. We're government gals, right? And they shake hands and Leslie leaves i mean she's clearly pleased and surprised at how nice tammy was yeah i I think when she in the next scene she's back in ron's office and she feels like she won the day right but um i think ron is going to perhaps caution her otherwise oh yeah he believes that she just looked in the eye of satan's butthole (laughs) (laughs) but she's changed ron she's a different person Mm. Mm. yeah so she, so yeah, Leslie goes into Ron's office and she cha- claims she's changed and Ron's skeptical and then stands straight up sensing something wrong in the force. Oh, that's and, right. And then he opens his door 
looks outside and sees Tammy. <laughs> sitting right there at the center table in the bullpen and well I, lo- I love the line where you know he he's it's almost like he smells her right which we can talk about for a second because there's an interesting deleted scene there but she's he goes she's here isn't she mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he feels the presence of evil yes absolutely <laughs> um and I love the way that they shot this because, and yeah. maybe I'm wrong and I, I missed how this happened, but the way it seemed to me is the camera's on the door to Ron's office. Yeah. He and Leslie come out, and I think it's just he and Leslie at this point. They come out of his office. He glances, sees Tammy. She's sitting there. It's the hi, Ron. Glance back to them. You know, Ron's very awkward. So it seems to me like, okay, just the three of them are talking, Tammy and then Ron and Leslie's, you know, standing beside him, et cetera. Right. And then for a second, the camera kind of zooms out to show more of the scene. <laughs> we see to the to the left That's that right. Tom and April and Jerry are like sitting there like with bated breath, like just looking at what's unfolding. Like April in particular is like hunched over a chair and kind right. of looking looking over the top of it like she's kind of semi hiding. I just yeah. thought that was very funny. She's worried stuff's about to go down. So anyway, the, the entire gang watches in fascination and horror as the two awkwardly talk and they ultimately decide to go to coffee, which Leslie is very pleased at. Donna tells Leslie, this is a mistake. They, they are yep. crazy when they're together. Yep. And Leslie, at the end of this scene, is still very skeptical of what Donna just said. She just thinks that she did she did a nice thing. Yeah, I, I love... Tom Tom's line here was something like you just opened the gates to crazy town but um that was another one of those where there were a couple of deleted scenes where he said other things that I actually thought were a little funnier but um yeah we end this scene here Leslie has this talking head she's rationalizing that you know that you know she's interfered yes but you know Tammy's not a, a murderer she's not a dragon she's not a dragon as far as you know yeah well we're about to find out i think because we cut then to frank's restaurant if i'm not mistaken and um we get maybe two civil lines out and then it just goes horribly wrong yeah (laughs) tammy does the first sentence she does seem to start out soft and sweet kind of like she was (laughs) i think ron's line (laughs) is you've aged horribly and then that's it that's it folks (laughs) It snaps and it's on. Gloves and are they, off. And they start <laughs> screaming at each other. The manager comes down, asks them to keep it down. They apologize. This is, um, you know, I've stated my love of physical comedy in the, in oh, the yeah. past. And this is gold, Jerry. I, oh. th- I mean, this this entire <laughs> scene. And it's really hard to make, to, to, to do credit to, you know, to describe. But the, here's here are the points I have in this scene. Yep. So. Ron, Ron and Tammy arguing horribly, then Ron and Tammy making out, then <laughs> Ron and Tammy furiously groping each other like in a wildly, wildly inappropriate way yep. with, with all the patrons going, what the beep? And <laughs> their children. Right. Oh, and God, the children. Yeah. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, Ellen, the children. <laughs> um, Ron clears out a table, throws Tammy down on it, gets on top of her. They end up breaking the table. The manager comes over again, tries to intervene. They run from the diner. They run. They 
run from the diner to Ron's car. They The car squeals out of the parking lot. And I think in five to ten seconds, I think they only went across the street, maybe. Oh, yeah. There's no way they went more than maybe 500 yards here. But they squealed out of the parking lot, screeched to a halt across at the Motel Glen Capri. They Pawnee's finest. They immediately get out of the car, run to the hotel door, take off their clothes before they even get to the door. Yeah, I love the little modesty dot on Tammy. And and Alan, (laughs) I don't think they have a room key. No, no. Or or, or, they do, but I didn't see them get one. No, they didn't go to the office to get it. This feels like, you know, there's actually, if you look at the dialogue here, there's there's a sign. uh, Actually, they said, um, oh, well, it's a bunch of, oh, God, oh, God. (laughs) She goes... (laughs) <laughs> um, gun it and then she says the usual place so uh-huh. there you go so th- this is clearly not their first time at motel glen capri they must have the manager special on well, standby maybe, maybe they have the room on retainer i don't know um I, I, there's one thing you didn't mention there and it's right mm-hmm. in the middle and it's so brief it's barely worth mentioning but it's yeah. very very funny uh leslie has this talking head it's a one scener it's right in the middle of the craziness you described and she goes, I mean, literally, they, they are pawing each other. The tables are breaking. Families are shielding their children's <laughs> eyes. We cut to Leslie and she goes, you know, when you meddle in someone's personal life, it's just so rewarding. Oh. And then we cut back and then, you know, all the craziness ensues. But yeah, you yeah. know what happens, Leslie? You reap the whirlwind. That's that's what happens. Well, I think she's about to find out the hard way. Uh-huh. So. All right. So next scene, we're, we're day two, which, you know, the next day, Ron comes in and he is having a happy, happy day. <laughs> he's, mm. he's got on the now famous red sweater and black pants. And uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is good stuff. Yeah. He, uh, April and Tom. He's and singing, Jared. I think, when he enters. He is. He absolutely is. Yeah. April, Tom and Jerry are in the bullpen. We see Ron walk in. He's singing. He's dressed like Tiger Woods. <laughs> he greets Jerry cheerfully, which Jerry can't believe. Nope. Um, gives April money. La- has a good little finger gun moment with Tom where the two of them are laughing. And then he does this weird little what I can only call the Ron shuffle across oh the God. floor to get to Leslie's office, knocks on her window and says, hi, deputy. And <laughs> Um, holy so hell. many internet gifts have been created on the Ron shuffle. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love the Ron shuffle. And then I, he feel, has, I feel like we're going to need to use that for ourselves somehow. Oh, I, I do it now. Often, a lot of times when I have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he, he ends this, uh, this scene with a great talking head. He's like, uh, I'm a simple man. I like pretty dark haired women and breakfast food, but, but this stock photo uh, I bought at a framing store isn't real. Today I got the real thing. A naked Tammy made me breakfast this morning. Oh, I should have taken a picture of it. <laughs> and I bet if he did, he would have put it right on his wall. He would have seen. He wouldn't seen anything wrong with that. Yeah, I bet you're right. <clears throat> so from here, I think we cut to a scene. We've got Tom and Mark, and, and they're Mark is seeking some advice from Tom, and this is a pretty interesting exchange in my book. Yeah, it wasn't clear to me if if Mark and Tom were out there on purpose because Mark asked him to come out there, or if he just happened to run into him. Right, I, right, but right. Either way, he they they see each other. Mark walks over. Um, Mark tells Tom about the situation with Andy and 
asks his advice. You know, what do I do about this? Uh, you know, he's in love with her or says he is, and he doesn't seem to be backing down. And Tom right. suggests um, taking the high road. You know, his his quote is, uh, a, well, apart from your AKA, which is very funny, you know, Tom's useful quote is, Anne's a classy <laughs> chick. If you get down in the mud, you're just going to lose her respect. So Mark, Mark appreciates the advice and thanks him. And um, and then 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 it goes to your, Tom has the talking head where he has your AKA. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mark's actually caught a little off guard because, you know, Tom initially reacts and, you know, does the snarky Tom thing, makes some big joke about it, but then gets immediately serious and actually gives Mark some usable advice. And uh, I'm not sure it's the first time, but it doesn't happen very often. No, I think you think you're right. I think Mark was actually a little stunned by that, but pleasantly yeah. so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think right after this, Leslie is, uh, you know, enter, enters into Ron's office. She's pretty pleased with herself. Um, she doesn't really know what has happened yet, except that, you know, perhaps that things went well between Ron and Tammy. And she's very interested in see how things went. Right. He, she, she's asking for the deets, but not knowing the deets yeah. that she's about to get. So, you oh, know, God. Ron, Ron thanks Leslie profusely. Uh, and, you know, she asked about the details and Ron, unfortunately, launches into several awkward descriptions of the, of the epic sex <laughs> that they have. Um, a, a few little uh, quotes I have from him, one of which I think was my one of my AKAs. He's like, it was so intense. I didn't know where my flesh stopped and hers began. You know uh. what I mean? And um, <laughs> our yeah, there's my AKA. Our marriage yeah. was always a complete disaster, but we did have that. The two of us, it's like doing peyote and sneezing slowly for six hours, which is an awesome description. And then to cap it off, just in case Leslie is not understanding the, the, the subtleties, Ron just says, <laughs> Ron says, that woman really knows her way around a penis. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I have I need to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure this episode got a TV 14, and that if nothing else, that's what that's why uh, that you could be right. So she's clearly uncomfortable. Ex tactfully ends the conversation, <laughs> leaves his office. I love her last line. Well, I'm happy that it went well with <laughs> went well, and that you enjoyed your coffee because <laughs> she <laughs> she doesn't want to think about what he actually just said. <laughs> no, no, good point. Uh, well, from here, we've got Leslie. I believe she's got a quick talking head back in her office. And then we see a couple things happen We're here, and you can talk about them all. But we see this really cool spy shot of Ron and Tammy in Ron's office. And uh, and then, you know, there's a point, and I believe uh, Tammy's in there with him, and there's some exchange. And then ultimately, Ron calls Leslie into his office to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Um I guess Tammy comes to visit Ron at work, at least just at least briefly, because um, she wasn't there initially. Um, they're they're in there. Like you said, they were in his office laughing, looking at their divorce papers. I think one of the takeaway quotes is, you know, Tammy is just cackling and she's like, look at this three fistfuls of hair. That's not even possible. <laughs> um, I got to know uh, who their divorce attorney was, because that's got to be an interesting read. And at this point, also, it's just kind of a, a quick little aside. Uh, Leslie chooses this moment to tell Donna, post-it note style, oh, yes. I told you so. Yep, Which Classic. is going to come back and bite her, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like Doesn't said, she, then, she writes that on a, on a post-it note and actually hands it to Donna. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's nice like that. She's considerate. <laughs> you keep that. You keep that. You hang that on your fridge. That's right. Um, so, yeah, then Ron calls Leslie into his office, and I think, like, this is my theory. I think, like, seconds or maybe a minute before this, Tammy just left. 
because she's not in the office when Leslie gets in there. And Ron tells her to take the day off. Um, you know, this seems nice yeah. at first. And this this, at first. this confuses Leslie a little bit. And Ron goes on, on to say, like, look, who, who cares? <laughs> who cares what the lot becomes? I mean, look, a park or a museum, <laughs> a mega church. And Leslie catches on immediately, yep. looks Ron in the face and demands the truth. Is it going to be a library? And Ron finally awkwardly admits he is. Uh, he's not giving it to her, Leslie. Yeah, he's he's discussed a trade. Like what trade? Like I'm, I will give her a lot of lot forty eight, and she will give me more sex. <laughs> wow. He tries to hide it at first by mumbling, but uh, yeah. And Leslie's disgusted. She she basically storms out of the office, and uh, we we find her basically then you know chasing down Tammy as Tammy, who has just left Ron's office right before this, is trying to leave City Hall and head back to her office across the street, presumably. Yeah, yeah. So we see her going down. Tammy is going down the hallway towards the elevator. And Leslie catches up with her and walks with her the rest of the way to the elevator. And Leslie's pissed. Um, You know, she bluntly accuses her of not caring about Ron, about just using him to get lot 48, to which she responds, Leslie, that's crazy and correct. (laughs) Like, she's not even shy about it. She has no. uh, No, no shame. No shame at all. Clearly. Um, That was demonstrated at the restaurant. Oh, my gosh. And the motel. (laughs) While waiting for the elevator to arrive, Tammy goes on to tell Leslie about there being two kinds of women, which I thought this was very funny. You know, A, those that work hard, stress out about doing the right thing, which would be the Eleanor Roosevelt's, Uh or B, those that are cool. Those would be the (laughs) Cleopatra's. And then she kind of, as the elevator finally arrives, ding, Tammy whispers behind her hand to Leslie, "Um, I'd rather be Cleopatra. (laughs) <laughs> and then one of my favorite moments in the entire show, Leslie has this like five second talking head back in her office and she is so flabbergasted <laughs> and angry, not because of what's just happened with Ron or not even because of right. 48, but because she is absolutely outraged. She says, what kind of lunatic would want to be Cleopatra over Eleanor Roosevelt? <laughs> She's really <laughs> upset. Oh, I, I heard myself in the back of my head, of my mind, doing a Wallace Shaw and going, inconceivable. <laughs> you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Um, <laughs> that's another podcast, Mark. Oh, that's right. Ah, oh, late to the party. Um, anyway, so uh, obviously. Tammy is revealing her nasty side here. You know, she's confident. She's smiling the whole time. She has no shame. Leslie is horrified and angry and tells Tammy as she leaves that she's going to tell Ron. And by the way, that there are no longer government gals. Right. Like she broke the pact. Yup. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I, I think at this point, you know, we cut back, you know, Leslie now storms back into Ron's office. She's going to confront him about, you know, kind of now that she's figured out what Tammy's all about. Um, you know, she, she wants to talk Ron down off of this and figure out how to save Lot 48. Right, right. She she walks into Ron's office and she sees what is apparently the planning department reprioritization document on yeah. Ron's desk, which we just see as a folder with some stuff in it. Um, and apparently this is necessary for him to give the lot to Tammy. Right. Um, he hasn't signed it yet, which he's 
says, you know, don't worry, I haven't signed it. And he's like, but you're gonna. Leslie tells Ron how horrible Tammy is and how she's using him. And Ron tries to defend the library a little bit. And this is where one of my AKAs is. <laughs> yeah, like, like some people like libraries. You even listen to yourself. <laughs> um, and uh, Ron tries to tell Leslie that Tammy's changed. Leslie refuses to believe it. She's just shutting him down. Nope, nope. You look me in the eye and you tell me the truth. And then finally, looking her in the eye, Ron finally he crumbles. You just see you see him wilt. Oh yeah, and he just shakes his head slowly and sadly. He says, "I'm so screwed. No perhooks are in my brain." <laughs> and he starts to cry. It's really uh, awkward. And Donna chooses this exact moment to come uh, up to the. She's not in the office with them, right? But you can see her through the clear glass of the window. Right. And right, Donna right. comes up behind Leslie through the glass, <laughs> holds up Leslie's own post-it note saying. Yep. I told you told so. You so. Yep. yep. Nope. She was exactly right. So I, I love it when Leslie says, <laughs> tells Ron to sack up. You're Ron freaking Swanson. <laughs> not around her. I'm not. Oh, oh my geez, God. It's so pathetic. I know. Well, and then, I, you know, I think this is where, you know, he's like, you've got to get involved. And she's like, oh, I, I don't think I should. And, you know, and he starts, you know, well, it's just coffee, Ron. She's changed, Ron. So, you know, he's basically throwing it right back at her saying, you've got to help me out of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, she tries to reason, just say, okay, you got to break up with her. And he's like, no, we'd end up naked. And I would give her <laughs> your lot and my house and God knows what else. I have no control over my actions. It's like, it's like <laughs> she's crawled up inside of me. <laughs> Yuck and LOL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it, like Ron's like, you got to help me. Yeah. I can't do this. But so he he wants to kind of like he, he knows he should, but he can't bring himself to do it. So he's like, you've got to help me. And so she doesn't want to get involved. But like you said, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, now you like you don't mind meddling. And now that I'm asking you to do this. Right. Like, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. I let Mark nail me and we're still friends. Like, oh, geez. Yeah. Well, she would never use those words. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think so. They finally said, okay, fine. You know what? She, she nods at him and says, let's, yeah. let's, let's go break up with Tammy and they let's go dump your ex. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's go dump your yeah. ex. And, and Ron grabs the document yep. off of the folder. He grabs it off of his desk and the both of them leave his office. Yep. I think this is a good place for us to take our next break, Mark. And when we come back, we'll see what Ron and Leslie do when they go and confront Tammy. All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. I have said on many occasions that large sums of money were not sufficient to persuade me to do a commercial for a product or establishment I did not truly believe in. However, the promise of bacon and eggs for life has made me rethink my position thanks to a recent unholy alliance between our very own Frank's Restaurant and one such local non grata. The end result is that I will now talk to you about said establishment, the Pawnee Library. The Pawnee Library is a building. Like most buildings, it has walls and a ceiling and a floor. Inside the building are many books. These books are available for reading, or if you prefer, you may check them out, take them home, and read them in the comfort of your own domicile. 
While in theory, library staffers are available to help you, I would advise taking the self-service route and not looking them directly in the eyes, especially should they happen to be brunette. If you are hell-bent on reading books, regardless of whatever demonic forces may be present, then, by all means, please visit a library. And in that case, why not go ahead and make your destination the Pawnee Public Library. Whatever you do, do not under any circumstances tell them that Ron sent you. Unless, perhaps, you have planted a stink bomb and are prepared to run like the Dickens, in which case, please tell them that Ron sent you. Thank you. That is all. Now give me my damn bacon and eggs. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for taking a break with us. And when we left off, Ron and Leslie had just agreed that Ron was not going to be able to do this without Leslie's help. Now they're they're basically, we see them crossing the street from City Hall, headed back over to the Administrative Services Building. They're going to confront Tammy and uh, try to help Ron do this breakup. Right, right. Um, Ron does want to go in with Leslie so that Tammy doesn't think he's a wimp, which just seems like <laughs> like a waste at this point. But OK, yep, totally. Um, and Leslie tells Ron the, the ground rules. Don't talk to her. Yep. Don't make eye contact with well, her. Sure. Don't believe anything she says. <laughs> just sit there like a potted plant. Can you do that? And Ron just kind of <laughs> nods fearfully. He doesn't even say anything. He looks so miserable. And then, yeah, they go inside the building to confront her. Yeah. Oh. This next scene, we're, we're actually back at uh, City Hall for a second, you know, before we see what the action is going to take place in Tammy's office. And, you know, Andy's coming in and, and Donna's there with Mark. And there were a couple other deleted scenes here that kind of would have extended the sequence. But it's a little bit non sequitur. But, you know, you know, Andy comes in and, and he wants to know, you know, if, if Donna had to choose between Mark and himself, who would she choose? <laughs> yeah, the, the scene starts out kind of innocently where Andy yeah. just walks in because you know Alan he's an employee there kind sure. of I mean just like they are so he yep. yeah I, I could see that he's on a break make, right he's on a break he you know that that's one of the benefits of owning your own business all right <laughs> I love Brandon um, he goes you know that's not your situation right <laughs> yeah. yeah no you don't really um so yeah then he's like oh uh, hey Donna uh, you know, I just want to let you know, Donna, uh, Anne is trying to decide between Mark and I. Mark's like, no, she's not. And so who, Donna, who would you choose like right now on the spot? And Donna appears to be prepared to give this some thought. And she says, well, you know what? I'm not sure. Why don't you spin around for me? <laughs> I love she's kind of a little bit into this. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I think at this point, Mark kind of loses his patience and says, look, politely uh, yeah. ask Andy to talk privately with him. And Andy agrees to it. You know, as he leaves, as the two of them leave to talk privately, Andy looks back over his shoulder at Donna and the, the <laughs> camera goes back to her and we hear her say, hmm. And then she looks at the camera. Andy. <laughs> Andy. That's who she would choose. She's made her choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not surprised. Yep. We'll quickly cut back. We're back across the street. Leslie is attempting to break up with Tammy for Ron. And uh, <laughs> I think it doesn't go well. No, 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 no. At least not initially. 
the, the three are in Tammy's office. Tammy's behind her desk. Leslie is seated in front of her. And Ron is kind of seated to the side, like in the corner, just hunched up and miserable and clutching that folder, yeah. which has that document to his chest. Um, not looking up. He might not, as well be rocking in the corner by himself. <laughs> I, I think maybe he silently was. But yeah, you're right. He's not doing anything. He's not looking up. He's not saying a word. And Leslie tells Tammy, Ron's ending it. And Tammy's confused at first. Like, what's what's going on here? Is this Sereno de Bergerac? Like, what's, what's happening? And then <laughs> he realizes, like, oh, Leslie, Ron doesn't want to break up with me. You know, you're helping him, aren't you? Well, what Ron wants to do is leave here right now, go, go to the sleaziest motel in town and wrap himself around me like a coiled snake. And Leslie's like, no, he doesn't. Tammy's like, I'm pretty sure he does. And we hear Ron going, hmm. <laughs> just this little moaning from the corner and Leslie's like see he's completely over you which wasn't very convincing no it wasn't for a second we bounce back over Mark is trying to reason with Andy and and you know he's saying basically look I understand the situation with Anne is awkward um, you know <laughs> and I like you as a dude but I'm just hoping there's some way we can both be mature and maybe be friends <laughs> right right um, and Andy I like this scene for a bunch of reasons. Andy responds back and says like, yeah, uh, I doubt it, but not in a mean way. You know, he's like, I mean, I, he says, I think you're a no, cool dude too. I, right. like, I like you as well, but I'm still in love with Anne. He gestures behind him on the wall where there are numerous pictures of Anne, including one in a bikini. And then he says, I couldn't yep. have been more upfront about that, you know? And uh, Mark has a marginally <laughs> funny talking head where he's like, well, the high road is punching yeah. a lot on the high road. Yeah. So I, I want to make a brief point here. Yeah. I, I, I think that annoying as this may be for Mark and Anne, at least Andy is not trying to engage in facades or subterfuge. You know what I mean? No. Like, well, one, I don't he, think he's he capable. Uh, that fair point. Yeah. I mean, but that's not in his, his, his talent bag. That that's, that's probably right, but he is who he is, you know, and, and it yeah. might sound weird to say this, but there's something oddly refreshing about that. You know what I mean? Like True. he's just saying, yeah. I'm in love with her. And then when they kind of, when Mark is kind of like, can we be friends? And he's like, I don't think so because I'm in love with her. I already said that. Like, I couldn't have been more upfront about that. Like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> um, and I'm just not the saying, facts, Andy, man. And I'm not saying Anne should choose him or anything like that, but I will say at this point, it's getting more and more difficult for me to actively dislike Andy. You know what I mean? I I, I think at worst, well, he's an idiot trying to see things through his own way. No, I think you're exactly right. And, and in his own way, he did take the high road. You're right. He didn't do anything lowball here. Yeah. And every time that he, he talks about trying to win Anne back, even when Mark is two feet away and hearing everything he's saying, which is frequent at this point, um, you know, he, he's talking about why he's better, a better Andy than he used to be. And he's never even really puts Mark down, frankly. Uh, so you're right. right. I mean, it's kind of, there's not a lot to dislike about it. It's, it's audacious yes, <laughs> for sure. But you know, um, he's, he's hundred percent honest about it. He is. I mean, and I would say maybe he's oblivious, but he's not malicious. Yeah. And that makes it hard yeah, for that, me to that, dislike him. It is hard to hate, you know, kind of the happy idiot. You know what I mean? It's tell me about it. That's a little bit. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we had that conversation <laughs> off the air. <laughs> anyway, don't talk about Constantine. He can hear us. So, all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Eat your potatoes. It's okay, buddy. Right. Just I got a bag of onions for you. <laughs> oh, damn it. I said potatoes. He likes those too. Oh, okay, fair enough. Makes batteries out of them. Well, we're back in Tammy's office after this, and, and Ron is finally throwing in the towel. He just says, Look, I she wins. I can't resist her. Right. So Leslie urges urges Ron to stop it, and Tammy chastises her, saying, "You know, get out of their relationship. He's my man, and we have something twisted and beautiful." Yep. And then, which is kind of funny. And then Tammy tries to turn it on Leslie, accusing her of wanting Ron for herself. That's right. And Leslie says, "No, that's insane." Pause. And then Tammy looks at her knowingly. And then <laughs> Leslie says, "Fine, I had one dream, but no, no." So brief note: this is a callback. Yeah. To season one, episode four, Boys Good Club. Catch. Remember that? I Where do. Tom was helping Leslie prepare for the disciplinary That's committee. Right. Ask her if she's ever dreamed about her boss, Ron Swanson. That one time. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> um, so then Tammy says, uh, you know, oh, baby, don't you see what's happening here? She's manipulating right. you because she's jealous of me and the things I get to do to your body and face. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> Leslie has a really sweet moment and she says, I'm here because Ron is my friend and I don't like seeing my friends miserable right. and you, Tammy, make him miserable. And then she turns to Ron and says, so Ron, you can give her the lot or don't whatever. And Ron kind of looks up at her, says, just please find a way to be happy. And then Leslie looks at Ron, looks at Tammy and she walks out of Tammy's office. Right. And she's in the hallway walking away when the door opens and Ron comes running after her. And She's like, Ron, it's just, it's all right. Just, just sign the thing. And he says, no, Leslie, it's not okay. You just put my needs in front of your own. No woman has ever done that for me before. Yeah. I feel like Ron's wow. had a, a string of bad <laughs> female relationships uh, with, with all women named Tammy. <laughs> One, two, <Right>. and mom. <laughs> well said. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of been, he, he's, he's ready for round two. Yeah. Like not in that way. Right. But yeah, just because <laughs> Leslie's given him the encouragement that he needed. It's like, I'm going to go in there and, and do it myself and wait for me downstairs. If I'm not down in five minutes, it's only because I'm receiving a pleasure so intense. And Leslie's <laughs> like, oh, my God, and walks off. Um, so, yeah, he's going to go do it. All right. Well, I think while we're waiting to see what happens there, we're, we're back over at Pioneer Hall. We're at Andy's Shoeshine booth. And, um, you know, this this is where they were having the conversation, the, this comfort, you know, this kind of really honest comfort conversation. And now Anne is walking up, though. Right, right. Um, and she's taking down flyers, I think, as she walks that we right. then learn, say, Andy and Anne's family shoe shine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a picture of them. Um, and she angered. So there's not a lot of detail that happens here, but she angrily tells Andy, she confronts him. She yeah. angrily tells him to take the flyers down, to stop throwing this in Mark's face and take all the pictures of her down. And <laughs> Andy, I think, is a, a, a little surprised and astonished because, like, this is the natural course of things. Again, I don't think he's being malicious. I think that he, like, thinks this is like something's here. So he's kind of surprised by it. Well, I mean, he basically asked Anne previously to this episode, you know, what's Mark got that I don't? And she gave him the list at that point. And I think in Andy's mind, he's been kind of slowly checking things off the list, right? That's so, a great point. Yeah. Right. He's going to get back to good. And then, of course, she's going to take him back. It's 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 a given to him. Right. It's science. <laughs> science. <laughs> science, son. Science, son. <laughs> 
Well, Leslie is standing outside the administrative services building and we see her, <laughs> they have this great letter board, which of course here in central Indiana, we keep those outside, you know, all, all year long, just like they are here, but yeah. But uh, she's vandalizing it and she's now renamed it from library spelled L-I-B to L-I-E Brary, <laughs> which is terrific. Well, and then it said library services and oh, then she right. took she took the e the second e in services and <laughs> and replaced the the uh and put it in l i e and then so services <laughs> now says servicers yeah <laughs> library servicers <laughs> anyway yeah i thought that was really funny too well yeah. ron comes all of a sudden running downstairs with the <laughs> folder still in his hands yep so he didn't give it to Tammy. Yeah, he's got and, that, and that's not missing. <laughs> no, that's no, he's got that intact. Yeah. And Leslie says, Oh, you didn't give her the lot. And Ron's like, let's get out of here. Is part of your mustache missing? Yes, just keep walking. <laughs> There's a push pin in your face. Leave it in. Can't you walk faster? My legs are shorter than yours. So they they make haste. They 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 beat it. And he's got some collateral damage to his face. And uh, I think he thinks it's he won. <laughs> <laughs> his face might have lost but it sounds like he won and therefore leslie wins as well that's a great point yep yep i think the last scene after this mark is basically the kicker right we're mm. we're back in ron's office and uh you know we're we're, we're uh, as you put it earlier we're going to cl clink some glasses yep this is the kicker um and a, and a quick note I, I watched the commentary and they had a really nice uh comment here which is what they do in the commentary um, wow, they that's weird. That, I know, huh? How apropos. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So they mentioned that they thought of this scene as Ron puts his armor back on. You know, ah. so he he kind of goes back to Ron freaking Swanson. Finally, yeah. he's 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 back. Yeah. Um, and so Ron and Leslie are inside Ron's office, and Ron we see Ron taking down the picture of the dark-haired woman with breakfast food. Right. And he says, mm, <laughs> "We had a good run." <laughs> and then puts up a picture of just breakfast food, you know, yep. cutting out something obvious, the dark haired woman. <clears throat> yep. And um, so Leslie says, thank you for saving my future park. I know that must have been hard for you. You need wait. You didn't kill Tammy, did you? <laughs> like, I'm afraid she can't be killed. <laughs> and they they both hold up their both hold up a glass of whiskey. And Ron says to exes, may they always stay that way. <laughs> and uh Ron kind of looks contemplatively at his whiskey glass for a second and says, Tammy is a mean person. Leslie's <laughs> not going to, she's no. just, that's not good enough. It's weak. Like, Ron, you can do better than that. <sighs> she's a great A bitch. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Every time she laughs, an angel dies. Even telemarketers avoid her. Her birth was payback for the sins of man. But do you know the worst thing about her? Oh. She works for the library. Yeah. Clink and drink. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yep. Such a classic thing now, this whole library and parks <laughs> rivalry. I love it so much. Yep. yep. Me too. And we'll see more of it. That's going to come back for sure. And it'd be hysterical when it does. All right, Mark. Well, that was a good breakdown. I think we, uh, we covered that well. And um, I think all that's left is to score this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So, um, who do who do you want to go first? Uh, I, you know, do you want to seem like you're copying me, or should I pretend like I'm copying? You know you? what? I never go first on this segment, and I'm going to do it today. <laughs> All right. If you're feeling froggy, jump. 
All right. Um, so I gave a base. No, I, I don't do that. That's no, your no, thing. You don't. No. <laughs> no. I was going to steal your shtick there for a second, but I won't do that. You'll have to route run the blueberry if you do that. Look, here, here's what I'll say. I, mm -hmm. I, I tend to probably compare one episode to another and that kind of is my baseline versus the way I love the way you do it, where you kind of have a base score for the core of the episode. And then the things that both delight you and haunt you, you tend to give <laughs> points and take points and you come up with a final score, you know, using your abacus and stuff. And, Sounds and crazy when you say it, but yeah. Well, yeah, but that's what happens. So uh, where mine might be just a little more off the hip. Sure. But, um, you know, I think to baseline us real quick, I, I think last week was my highest score ever. I think I gave eight points last yes. week for Greg yep. Pekaitis and um, still one of my favorite all-time episodes for lots of reasons. Um, I, I'm watching this. I had to reflect that this episode is better. It's a funnier episode that's got, it's hitting on all cylinders in almost every way. Um, I would say that generally the the one criticism I would give it is is in terms of the bench. And we've done this several times. And I think we always kind of want, we like this whole cast. It's a great ensemble. So we always really look to say how well was the bench used and, you know, who, who took a break this week. And, you know, I, I'm certain you're going to have something to say on that. So I'll let you detail it. But at the end of the day, I felt like that might have been the one weakness of this episode. A little bit like Sister City, where Fred Armisen is such an amazing guest star and, and improver in his case and just crazy. Um, and then you've got, speaking of crazy, crazy Tammy here and this whole character is just so much larger than life. Um, it's, you know, it's it's hard for that not to kind of have its own gravity and kind of shift the balance of the universe a little bit and, and that definitely happened here and yet it's very very funny and it's one of my all-time favorites and i'll give them some some uh you know i'll forgive them for doing that this time i'm gonna i give this one eight and a half little sebastians i think this is near the top of the all-time episode list wow wow take that folks you you have just been you've seen history being made uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, so, okay, you know, we, we say it, it bears mentioning, you know, every single time we, we never compare scores before. Um, nope. So, uh, well, you know what? Before I go into my score, let's, let's, let's take a moment and just talk about the characters just really briefly. Okay, we've had episodes yeah, in the fair. past that have been about Leslie and, and typically one other person, and it kind of strengthens their relationship and gives them a little bit more depth. Like, for example, we've had episodes that kind of focus on Leslie and Tom. Yeah, we've had right. episodes that kind of focus on Leslie and Andy, and so on and so forth. Um, this was clearly a Leslie and Ron episode. Um, you know, for, for Leslie in this episode, I think that she's she's at her best she's nutty without going over the top which i think is the perfect balance right. you know it, it, it is i feel like sometimes it takes something away from the character when she's just a parody of herself it, this was yeah great yeah, great yeah. relationship building with ron it's really yeah. sweet and really nice the heart right it, to see how much she cares she wants him to be happy and she wants him to have closure even if sometimes she makes she, questionable choices but her heart's in the well, right, right. Place. she meddles a little bit right but right. her heart is in the right place so yeah. for Ron, with this episode, 
I love Ron. Oh my gosh. With, with this episode, Ron (laughs) takes another step in achieving, in my opinion, legendary status. His, his interplay with Tammy is just stellar. You know, his grumpy stoicism is maintained, but at the same time, we kind of see the crack in the mask caused by Tammy or more than a crack. And it makes him both hilarious and endearing, you know, a wonderful moment that he had with Leslie near the end regarding putting her needs before her, his, his needs before her own. Right. Uh, I thought that that was really, I put that up there with Andy's moment in the Bacchitis episode or Tom's moment with sister city. I mean, this is a really nice moment and I can think it kind of strengthens between the two of them, uh, the relationship. Um, Good point. For, for the other characters, which had a little bit less screen time, because it was a pretty much a run Leslie uh, episode. Um, Andy, uh, Chris Pratt did a great job. I feel like he was really strong. You know, he, he a lot of things happen plot-wise. He gets a new job. Um, and and yep. you would think that he's just being a jerk. And I, know I already said this, but in a way, he's refreshingly upfront about his feelings and intentions for Anne. You know, I, I, I'm growing to like Andy despite what I know about him. I, I like this Andy, you know? I, I kind of wish- And I think it's a, important for later, right? Yes. I mean, we, we talked a lot about early on about Andy was just a jerk. Um, mm-hmm. And for him to stick around and now play an increasingly larger role in the show, and especially in this new role, uh, it'd be hard if we didn't like him in some way. So I think this is important. I agree. I agree. I, I do wish I'm ready for him to stop pining over Anne personally. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, I know that I enjoy that aspect of it as much but i understand that the plots kind of or the storyline kind of has to take its take its you know toll um you know for 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 ann and mark and tom and april and jerry and donna donna's back from vacationing from johnny did you know that is she she's actually back i did see that (laughs) um i think all of them had very little screen time but where they were on screen i thought they were used pretty well I thought that that yeah. each like Donna and Jerry and April and Tom, they each had very funny moments in and of themselves. Not a lot because they didn't have a lot of screen time, but I thought that they were well used. Um, and, you know, Anne and Mark, I found tend to not be so much about the funny as much as increasing moving the plot along, which I thought they did this time as well. So, you know, they were solid and stable. That's fine. Um, Tammy. Megan Mullally is a, a rock star. She, I think she established Tammy's character perfectly. You know, she did a great job at the beginning of seeming genuinely nice and sweet and in, innocent to the point, Alan, where I truly started to wonder if Ron was a little crazy, like maybe overreacting mm-hmm. and maybe even like a chauvinist, you know, and then we see her true side and it's all on and now it makes <laughs> delicious sense. Um, all right. So that's kind of a breakdown of the, of the, um, the, the characters for the, episode so you know they also said in the commentary by the way i thought this was interesting they observed that in some ways this episode seemed like the second half to something that was started and i mentioned this before when ron saved her butt from the disciplinary committee which i I kind of agree with i think that that it's all comes back around now you know um i absolutely love the inane premise that they've set up in their microverse that the library is evil it just cracks me up every single time. Um, 
so the, the final thing I'll say before I get to my score, the, the status of Ron and his ex-wives were well known and established before this episode, just because of what the what the, the gang has said to each other. But I think this episode really served to flesh out the character of Tammy too, obviously, turning her and I would say Ron into legends. I love it, love it, yeah. love it. Oh, all right. Score time. Here we go. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm going to give this a, a, a 4.5 base score. Wow. Um, That's your biggest base score ever. I think so. I got some points to hand out here. I have no detractions. I have lots of bonus points. First of all, I'm going to give a whole bonus point for the guest spot by Megan Mullally. She was absolutely fantastic. I'm going to give a bonus point for great performances by Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler. They were really good. The episode was about them and they, they, they hit it out of the park. I'm going to give another whole bonus point to the absolutely hilarious series of physical comedy between oh, Ron yeah. and Tammy at Frank's restaurant. Um, <laughs> you know, when they broke that table, that was not scripted. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. They just, they went with it though. Um, I'm going to give half a point to the short little scene where Ron and Tammy run into the hotel, taking off their clothes before they even get into the door. That is so freaking funny. And improv and improv. Yeah. Yep. Apparently, uh, uh, <laughs> Mike Shore, I think get, yeah. came to, came into shooting. Cause I think when they filmed that, when they went into the hotel room it was like 6am or something. Cause there weren't right. a lot of people around. Yep. Goodness. And then Mike Shore <laughs> came in at like 640 and they're all like, Megan took her shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to give another half point, uh, -oh. uh, for Andy getting his shoe shine stand. And giving him yeah. a way to reliably be around and interact with the rest of the Parks and Rec gang that doesn't seem forced, yeah. you know? Which, which which they revealed in the dialogue that Leslie made happen for and her friend Andy, right? Yes, They don't right. dwell on it, but she mentions it. And, you know, that alone is pretty cool. That is very cool. So you add all these numbers up. And I'll cut 17. to the chase. <laughs> Math is hard. Um, no, you and I are tied, buddy. It's it's eight point five little Sebastians. That is the correct score. That is my score. <laughs> it is my all time high. All is right with the world. It's yep. party time. And I'll tell you something. I think is that I her first tie? Yeah, no. Okay, second tie, tie. I think. Okay. I think we've had the same score about three times, but it's it doesn't happen often. It does not. Um, I, I would have ranked this even higher, but as much as I like Andy. And I'm glad to see him around, like with an excuse to be with yeah. the gang on a daily basis. I, I'm now ready for him to stop pining over Anne. That's a great point. Can you imagine if this were a later really good episode between him and his future love interest, which, you know, April, I'm probably not giving away much for people who've seen this show, I'm sure. <laughs> and you had a Ron and Tammy storyline oh, on I, top uh, of it. 11. You know what? I think we're going to have that episode if I'm not mistaken. I can't, I can't take it. One episode at a time. This was such a good episode. I was so tickled to have my boy be be the you know the, the star of it. Megan Mullally was great. Eight and a half, richly deserved. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I feel like that that not only do we both have that score, but it is the right score, as you said. I do also want to point out. I like your. Uh, I know you like it when I congratulate you or compliment sure, you on things. Yeah. Um, I like your comparison to Sister City as far as there being a pretty big guest star and they're awesome as both Fred Armisen was and Megan Mullally, but they do take away from bench time. Yeah. You're right. 
you're, you are absolutely right. And because the rubber is going to meet the road somewhere and there's only so much, so many minutes that you can give to people. So that is, it, it's a downside. I think, I don't know that it was exactly avoidable. I do think that the rest of the bench got, I think they did the best with what screen time they had. I, I agree. I don't think how you, I don't see any way you could have parsed it better and still cut down to 2130. Yeah. You know, that's why there are so many deleted scenes here. You know, I think if we ever had a chance to interview Mike Schur, one thing I would ask him or, or you know, I, the director of this episode, really anybody associated with this specific episode, because uh, I'd ask it about a few different episodes, but especially one like this to the point we're making, why not bonus size this? They they did that on the office office had many bonus episodes you go back and watch them now they do air them as two separate episodes um but initially you know for the you know the live viewer they dropped it as a basically you know quote our show um you know 42 ish minutes with commercials right i don't know that parks and rec did that ever and they certainly didn't do it here in at least one other place like sister city again lots of deleted scenes i think because they get these really you know energetic guest stars who can do so much on their own that you know a lot winds up on the floor so to speak why not create a bonus episode here you know um they certainly had the content for it i feel like that's a great point i i would definitely be in favor of that and, and especially for episodes like this where it's like you said it's not that it's not that they didn't have the script to support their deep comedic bench having more screen time. And it's not that their bench wasn't doing a good job. It's just, there's only so much time in the episode. So this well, would be great fodder for that. That's a good point. You know, I do remember, you know, on, on last week's, you know, special episode, uh, our Pawnee spotlight with Mike Schur, you know, we, we did talk, we didn't play this clip or we didn't talk about it too much, but in researching that, I remember a comment where he made, he made about, structuring these shows and he he actually likes the fact that they have commercials and that they're it's not a cable show and that they are restricted to 21 minutes and 30 seconds in this case because he feels like that gives the best comedy it forces you to really hmm. hone your comedic you know tool set and and pick only the best stuff and yes some funny stuff winds up not making it in but the funniest stuff does so you know maybe because this is mike's show that's why they didn't do the bonus episodes great point i like yeah. it i don't know so all right everybody well next week we'll be back with the camel and uh looking forward to doing that show mark and uh, looking forward to talking to you next week absolutely me too buddy all right everybody thanks for joining us and we'll see everyone next week all right bye everyone Bye. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.